0: From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Sometimes
1: when you go through a particularly brutal breakup or divorce, things at some point can get painfully honest. We may have actually reached that tipping point when it comes to the Packers' side of communication regarding Aaron Rodgers. It's Fitz and Harry on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Look, Harry... I don't think there's much new to say most days about Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, you and I talk about this. I'll just peel back the fourth wall here. We talk about it all the time. Like, my God, I just want Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. I cannot say this loud enough. I don't care if my guy retires tomorrow. I don't care if my guy decides tomorrow he wants to play for the Jets. I don't care if my guy decides tomorrow he wants to own the Washington Commanders. I don't care if he decides he wants to play in the Canadian Football League. I don't care if he moves to a deserted island and just puts his feet up. Like, I what about just, the XFL? What about the Raiders? I don't. You know what? XFL. It, at this point, if if you told me tomorrow that I had to accept Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the Raiders and it just meant that we would stop talking about Aaron Rodgers, I'd take it. And, and, and look, if you told me tomorrow Aaron Rodgers was moving in, taking my house, and all I could do was sit down, shut up, and color in my book in the basement, I take it. Anything to stop talking about Aaron Rodgers. I, I, there's nothing new to say. But... Uh Uh-oh. There's drama. Boom, boom, boom. Are you ready for this? Are drama you? for your mama. Uh, okay, well, you know, my mama definitely Well, does. not your mom. Well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she she's certainly creates she's a, – she's a potster. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Brian Gunagans also stirred up the drama Packers GM. Now, obviously, he's not just speaking because he's out there doing cartwheels and wants to step in front of a microphone. He's speaking because it's the owners' meetings and everybody's there. That means he's going to be asked about how this trade situation unfolded, and he was pretty blunt in his response.
2: You know, as we got out of the offseason or after the season, and we we had a good conversation, um, and then you know we're, we're going to have some follow-up conversations. And our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way, I think at that point then we just kind of had to We had to, I had to. do my job and kind of reach out and understanding that a trade could be possible uh, and see who was interested, but that shopping was never really part of that. So, so
3: when you gave him that contract extension, you've said publicly your intention was for him to not just play last season, to play beyond that. At what point did it shift to, okay, we need to move on?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations, not only with Aaron, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches and everybody. And as you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired. So, I, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to make some, you know, decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets.
1: I mean, this is pretty blunt forward. We reached out. We wanted him to talk to us. He won't talk to us. So, all right. I mean, I'm kind of stunned that there's that level of blunt honesty.
4: Well, honestly, I feel like Brian Gudikis didn't have to say that. He didn't have to say that out loud, honestly. That's that's just me, though, Fitz. Right? I I don't think you go tick for tack with a player, even a player of the stature of Aaron Rodgers. Right? If that was the case, to me, if for Brian Gudikis in that situation – Say everything that you said except that part. Hey, I tried to reach out to, reach out to him. It was a hassle, whatever. You don't, you don't have to say all that. Everyone doesn't, doesn't need to know all that, right? It's okay to take the high road sometimes. And I understand he was probably disgruntled and didn't like what Aaron Rodgers or the pitcher Aaron Rodgers portrayed when he went on the Pat McAfee show talking about the organization and whatnot. But you're the general manager of the team. You don't have to take that road that a player decided that he wanted to take. Unless you, but,
1: but unless you don't give a damn about the player anymore, and you're sitting here and you're like, "My, like, I, you're totally right." To taking the high road is the right thing to do 99 percent of the time. But there's certainly times, especially if you know it's done. Like you are just over this person. You're finally like, you know what? Here's the actual truth, and I'm going to put it out there. And if you don't like it. Up yours, like that's what this whole thing felt like to me. This the Gutikovs being that plain and that blunt tells me that he does not give a damn what Aaron oh, Rodgers thinks.
4: No, but let me say this though:
1: Is it surprising what he said?
4: I mean, are you? I'm saying, like from a, from an Aaron Rodgers standpoint, are you surprised that Aaron Rodgers was difficult to you know get a hold of and talk to? No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, so no. Why, why say it? You don't have to say it. You don't have to mention it. You say
1: it because at some point you're just tired of everybody feeling like he's been wronged in this. Like, I mean, there's just got to be this moment. If you're Brian Gutekunst. Where you've spent how many years now listening to people like me in front of a microphone say, well, why the hell would you go draft Jordan Love? And you should have talked to him first. Well, you never should have done that in the first place. Well, now you're overpaying on this contract because he's not happy. And then even after overpaying on the contract, it's like, well, he's still not happy because you didn't draft Jordan Love. And then, oh, well, he came out of the darkness and saw, you know, text from buddies saying you were shopping him. I think... At some point, you turn around and you're like, hey, guys, I'm only going to let you doo-doo on me so many times before I'm going to stand up and just say, hey, this is the real on it. Like, maybe part of the reason they were shopping him while he was in the darkness is because he was ghosting them when they were trying to reach out.
4: Well, I mean, and and that that may be true. But here's my thing. As a general manager in that position, I'm not taking that road. Me that's just me personally. I'm not taking that road, especially a guy that, that's going to be traded is not even going to be on our team because now that just gives more stuff to talk about media-wise, right? W- but what, th- uh, what what Brian has said is nothing that I'm, you know, appalled by. Like Aaron Rodgers had, has made it known that he's difficult to talk to. We've just seen what transpired between him and Adam Schefter through a text message, right? Yeah. So I'm not surprised at all. I, not one I, bit.
1: I do think, though, that this speaks to the fact that Brian gooden does not care about making this easy for anybody. Like, to me, if you wanted to make it easy, you yeah. just you stay quiet and you say, hey, we're exactly. not going to talk about it. The fact that he's out here just putting the business out on the street, now we're at that double-down spot where it's like, oh, you think we're just going to make a trade happen? Nah. Like, I'm not afraid to make it awkward. I'll stand in front of a microphone and embrace the awkward. Like, Ooh, let's, but, let's but keep I tell going.
4: I'll tell you the flip side of that, though. If I'm the Jets – and especially hearing what Lamar Jackson just came out and said, I'm going to give you an offer, and if you don't like it, I might be pursuing somebody else.
1: The hard part about that, if you're the Jets, and by the way, Joe Douglas, Jets GM, uh, was asked specifically if they should go after Lamar, and this is what he said.
3: First of all, Lamar Jackson's a fantastic player, um, but you know
2: where, where we stand is... You know, it would be disingenuous in, in operating,
3: negotiating in bad faith if we went down that path. Um, so right now we have our plan, we
0: have our process and we're sticking to that.
1: So they're telling you they're pot committed to Aaron Rodgers. But I also think they kinda have to tell you that. Like if they even if they exactly. even accidentally follow Lamar Jackson on social media right now, the most sensitive quarterback in modern times of Aaron Rodgers is gonna come back and be like, well, He wait, may go back
4: wait. to the damn darkness. He, you know what? I'm going back. I'm going back to see if I really want to go to the Jets. I'm going back. That's what he may tell us.
1: Guys, I don't feel valued or appreciated anymore (laughs) because you liked somebody else on social media. Like – I think that's the (laughs) hardest part about this is that if you're the Jets, you've painted yourself into such a corner, there's no way you're getting out of it. Like you are already – I I constantly use this phrase with the Jets, but I think it's it's applicable to anyone that's ever played poker. Pot committed means that you've put so much into that hand that you're just going to have to play it out. Like you can't fold. You can't get out of it at this point. You're just going to have to play it out. That's where the Jets are with Aaron Rodgers. You know what I just thought about?
4: We gotta watch what we say. We know A Rod listens to our That's show. Fair. That's fair. We gotta we gotta watch what we say,
1: bro. No, I mean, Aaron, Aaron, you could call in and come on the show, Aaron. Like we give you a friendly <laughs> microphone. We'll yeah,
4: give you a we don't mind. Microphone. Say uh, what? Say what's on your chest, man. Right here, what's yeah. <laughs>
1: the we first time? Mind. I'm just anxious for him to come on, so Harry can be like, all right, say it with your chest. Uh, what, what, what do you want there, Aaron? I, I think that there is some element of this, though that we keep presuming at some point the Packers are just going to relent because why continue to make this awkward? The other side of it is when you have pride in a, uh, in a breakup and you're walking through this process and you don't care about the other person's feelings, I, I don't know that we should just presume the Packers will say, fine, I'll take less than what I think market value is just to end this situation. There's also a part of the Packers that could come in and say, you know what? I don't have to take that until the day before the season starts. You want you want to make this difficult? Cool. You can have Aaron Rodgers the day before the season starts. Like there's nothing that prevents the Packers from doing that other than the noise it'll create at training camp. And and for all we know, they're already talking to Jordan Love about how to deal with that.
4: Well, one more other thing though. The Packers, if they want to use that draft compensation this year in this year's draft, that also will be missed out on as well
1: well yeah i'm not sure they're going to be able to get that compensation in this year's draft though right like
4: uh, that, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. If if they were.
1: If it's not done by the draft, then why should the Packers do it before the first day of the regular no, season? I, I, agree. Know, that's, I agree. That's why this gets wild. And the more the Gudigun sort of, sort of comes out feeling empowered in front of a microphone, the more I just feel like we're watching mommy and daddy fight, and neither is really interested in a resolution. They're just interested in making all of the kids uncomfortable. That's where we are at this point. I'm this. going
4: to live with dad. Ugh. <laughs> I hate you, mom!
1: Oh man! Uh, all right, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio coming up. Have you ever wondered what it's like to play the head coach of your favorite NBA team in a movie? Our next guest has that opportunity, and you'll hear from him. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
0: Fitz and Harry,
2: the podcast.
1: Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Look, I I mean, I I can't help it that the turnstile of famous people today is just pretty remarkable. Luke Bryan joined us earlier. You can check it out in the podcast if you missed any of this. Uh, But we're going to keep the hits coming. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those days, Harry. Like, famous people want to hang out with us? I don't know what's happening, but we'll take all of it. Uh, Jeremy Piven joining us now. A new movie, Sweetwater, releases on April 14th. Jeremy, man, uh, honored to get to talk to you, man. Big fan. So let's start with Sweetwater because there are a lot of people that may not know the story of Nat Sweetwater. Clifton, uh, what can you tell everybody about what this movie is based on?
3: Uh, it's based on a guy that literally was the Jackie Robinson of the NBA that we don't know about. Um, I didn't. I certainly didn't know. He was the first African-American to sign with the NBA. He was with the Globetrotters. And my character, Joe Lapchick, who was the coach of the Knicks, uh, broke the color barrier and got him in the league.
4: Well, let me ask you, Jeremy, as a native New Yorker, what does it mean to you to get to play the coach of the New York Knicks?
3: Uh, it means everything to me. I mean, I, I was born in New York, went to NYU, but I grew up in Chicago. Um, so, you know, I, I love, you know, Coach Lapchick, but I also love Phil Jackson. I got to be honest with you because I love my Bulls.
1: Wait, wait, you love your Bulls. And you're next so when you so when you're playing the coach of a team that you grew up around, is there more pressure on that sort of a role for you?
3: No. I put enough pressure on myself every time I perform. I, I never want to let anyone down. I've never phoned in a performance in my life, and I never will.
4: Okay, well, we got the Bulls. They're in a play-in situation right now. They're the 10th seed. But the New York Knicks, they are the 5th seed, doing a lot better than they did a year ago. What do you think their chances are that they, you know, will come out the East?
3: That's a great question. Um, I'm going to the game tomorrow night with Everett Osborne, who plays Nat Sweetwater Clifton, and we shall be cheering for your New York Knicks. And Julius Randle and the boys will, will rise to the occasion, I believe. It's interesting
1: that you mentioned you're going to the game. I, I was in the Garden last week for the Sweet Sixteen, and I've been around the Garden a lot in my life. I'm lucky for that sense, and it just hits different. Things feel different uh, in the Garden for you when you're looking at this this moment in this movie, and you're capturing sorts of uh, important moment of the in time. Uh, what does the Garden mean to you guys when you're making that sort of a movie?
3: Great question, because we recreated Madison Square Garden at Warner Brothers, if you can believe it. And back then in 1950, the Garden wasn't as big. So we, you know, from everything we're hearing, we did it in a very accurate way. It was an honor to do that. And any player that you talk to, you even talk to the GOAT, MJ, and he said it just it meant something different to play at the Garden. There's, there's an energy there that is palpable, and you just want to rise to that occasion, which is difficult for the Knicks because everyone's just bringing it every time they play them. But it means a lot to us, um, and we need to give our flowers to that Sweetwater Clifton, uh, Martin Gigi, who wrote and directed it, has been trying to get this movie made for 28 years, and it's finally coming to fruition.
1: You mentioned it took 28 years to get this to come to fruition. Why now? Yeah. What changed?
3: Um, that's a great question. I, I I don't know, but all that matters is it, it's time. Um, you know, it, 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 it's the right time because Everett Osborne is the best actor-athlete I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he was a pro player overseas. Every move that he makes in the film, he's really doing, and he's a brilliant actor. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just lucky to play Coach Lapchik, a guy that really is passionate about change and about getting this guy whose game was incredible and deserved to be in the NBA the NBA was all white in 1950, and Sweetwater was playing for the Globetrotters, and he brought him into the Knicks. And he, there's there's a lot unpacked in this film that no one knows. So you might have to go see it on April 14th. Ooh. See what I did, boys?
1: Yeah,
4: that was well done. I see. I like, well done. I like that. I like that. I like that. Now, we also know that you are a Bears fan, Jeremy. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers yeah. potentially supposed to be leaving the division, how do you feel about the Chicago Bears' chances to win that division.
3: Good riddance to Aaron Rodgers. Goodbye. Take care, brother. Um, no, <laughs> we, you, 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 you know, you should, you know, he, he, he spent some time uh, in the hole uh, in darkness and he got some clarity and, um, and, you know, he's going to the jets and, you know, he, he, he presented a problem for us uh, for many, many years. And uh, I'm a lifelong Bears fan. Justin Fields is brilliant. He's got some help now, as you know, at wide receiver. And we're just getting better. So it's a, it's an exciting time for the Bears.
4: Well, how, how did you feel when Aaron Rodgers said, I own you, I own you? <laughs> did you take it personal when he said that? Because, you know, you're a Bears fan, so that means he was talking to you as well, Jeremy. Did you take that personal?
3: Well, you know, I... I all I can tell you is that, I, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to watch that 85. The, the the Chicagoans are so loyal, and so are New Yorkers, but that, you know, anyone from that 85 Bears team has not paid for a beer in all those years. I mean, we remember, we love, we're waiting for it to happen again. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it fired us up every time, and somehow – You know, I talked to linebackers, for instance, that would play Aaron Rodgers, and they said it was scary because during the game, he's having a great time, he's laughing, and he's beating you. And, you know, look, say what you will about the guy. You know, he beat my Bears all the time. He's an elite quarterback that has figured out how to navigate this league on the highest level.
1: We're talking to Jeremy Piven, and Jeremy, I think it's interesting, you know, Harry was a part of tremendous NFL teams, tremendous college football teams. I was part of... Bands that were lucky enough to have success. And in each of those situations, everybody has to sort of know their role and work together. That's much like what you were able to accomplish in Entourage, obviously a very famous show that will live on for a long time for a lot of people. What was it about that group coming together that made you guys such a collectively, such an impactful team?
3: Well, thank you for that. Um, It's hard to say. I mean, you need the opportunity. HBO, you know, took a chance on us. Um, and I think it was the variable was authenticity in the way that it was based loosely on Mark Wahlberg's entourage. So there really was a drama turtle and E and an Ari. Um, Ari Emanuel to this day is Wahlberg's uh, agent. And he's, you know, in, in the sports world, he has a present. He helped buy the UFC. So, you know, these characters really existed. And they, uh, you know, Ari was. The adult in the room with these guys, there's a lot of loyalty and friendship that was there. And um, I don't know, man. I know that I've been doing stand-up comedy and touring, and people still are screaming, let's hug it out. And, you know, they missed the show. It's like comfort food. So you never know. You never know what's next.
1: I think the objective of anybody that makes something creative is to make something with a long-lasting impact, and that shows one of many things you've been a part of that's done that. So congratulations. Sweetwater releases April 14th. Check it out. Jeremy, appreciate your time. Best of luck to the Bears. Hold on, hold on,
4: hold on. on. we got to
3: hold
1: on. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
4: Jeremy, if you're going out on the town, what's your choice of drink? I just want (laughs) to know.
3: Wow, okay, there we go. we got to hold on for that. Um, Yep. You know, I – I'll be totally honest with you. I, I value my morning, and I want to be sharp, so I drink Mezcal. I have no skin in this game. Uh, I okay. drink Mezcal because it is half the sugar of tequila, and so it doesn't give you a hangover. A little tip for you guys. Mm-hmm. I, so mezcal, straight on the rocks with a lime, um, and just go make some good decisions.
4: Damn it, Jeremy, I'm a tequila drinker. Now I have to
1: try it. Look, I'm on this tequila journey. You've just helped both of us, Jeremy. We appreciate it, brother. Congratulations. Best of luck on the release April 14th for Sweetwater. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you, guys. Take care.
1: Follow him on Twitter, at Jeremy Piven. Check out Sweetwater. Again, the story of Nat Sweetwater, Clifton, uh, and the New York Knicks, uh, the first African-American signed to an NBA team. Looks like it's a stacked cast, of which Jeremy is a part of, and it looks like it's going to be a great movie. We can't wait to check it out. Coming up, our favorite GM has a new mock draft out, and the fifth pick is downright shocking. You'll hear about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
0: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
1: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You know it's always a thriller? <laughs> See what I did there? Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. It's hanging out with us mid-night. in person.
4: This
1: is this is what happens. Every time there's good music, we are totally off the rails before we've even started, Mike.
0: Let, let Harry go. That's gonna be way more entertaining than anything <laughs> I gonna be talking about. <laughs> All
1: right. The the main reason we're gonna we're, we're gonna get to the, the the wild controversy you have started with your mock draft. But before we get that uh to that, I, I gotta ask you about Lamar Jackson. Uh, at this point, you know, continual conversation in a very public forum. So,
0: in your opinion, how does all of this play out? Yeah, Jason. First of all, I think this is so uh great evidence of why he needs an agent. I can understand coming out not having an agent, but when you get into the complexities of dealing with a third team. And potentially a sign and trade, something like what Devontae Adams did a year ago, guys. Like, this is where you need an agent. Clearly, deal fatigue has set in. Reportedly, he was offered $200 million. He turned down. Um, that may or may not be all the details of you know what he was looking for, or not looking for, but um, it's disappointing. It's gone to this part uh, point because he's a great player. He's young. They should be able to work something out, and, and hopefully, they can find some middle ground.
4: And I'll tell you, Mike T, I hope it does work out, works out for Lamar Jackson because uh, it hasn't been done this way. And I am, you know, uh, a supporter of, of change and things being done differently, uh, more so than the, you know, the old school way. Not saying that, you know, having an agent is the old school way. I'm just when things aren't, you know, the same as normal and someone could be successful doing it, I always support it. But enough of that. I want to ask, ask you about, pa- about Packers GM Brian Gutekis, right? He said it was Aaron Rodgers that did not answer his calls. If you was the GM of the Packers, how would you have handled that situation?
0: Yeah, you know what, Harry? I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't know Brian Will, but I believe him 100%, and here's why. There's no way he's going to go out on a national audience, on a national story, and not have reached out to Aaron Rodgers, if that's what he said. He did. The only thing I would have done differently is I would have said, hey, I'm coming to Malibu, California and I'm not leaving until we meet. You are too important. You impact too many other people's lives. You are our CEO, and it's egregiously disappointing if you don't engage with us. You can MF me. You can yell at me. I don't care what you do. I got really broad shoulders, but you're not going to ghost me. That is fundamentally unacceptable. We're going to have a really difficult conversation. You can have your mom here, your dad, your agent, board of directors, U.S. senator. I don't care, but I am coming to Malibu, California. We are going to have family business and we are going to talk things out. We signed you to a three-year deal last year. You are easily agreed, by the way, Aaron Rodgers. You're concerned that we drafted a quarterback to protect ourselves, which I think is outrageous that he'd be upset about that. But fundamentally, like, we are going to sit down, we're going to talk like adults, and we're going to work this out.
4: You but know? I also – also really quick fix. I also feel like – I don't think Brian Gutekas should have came out and said that, though. I thought he should have took the high road and just, you know – I, Said other things, but not you. You didn't have to come out but, and just flat out say that you
0: know Aaron Rodgers didn't answer his calls. Harry, I don't think he took the low road by any stretch. I think he just kind of spoke the truth, which was Aaron Rodgers claimed that you know he was surprised or heard through third parties, and that's just not true. Like again, I'm not taking sides here, but I I don't think what Brian did was. Um, and again, I don't know the guy very well, but I would just say like the way he comported himself yesterday, I think he was just being very honest. Mike Tannenbaum,
1: ESPN, NFL front office insider, joining us in studio now. You've put up a mock draft, and I have to stress this. This is your GM mock draft of what you would do. So the, you know, everybody's got a different mock draft approach. and so I like to, to clarify for everybody because this is you uh, basically being the GM for each of the teams. The shocking thing to most people is that you have four quarterbacks in your top five. That's not shocking. It is shocking when I say the fourth of those quarterbacks is not Anthony Richardson. It's Hendon Hooker. So what do you see from Hendon Hooker, who, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, hurt his ACL. Obviously, it's a bit of a tough evaluation. What did you see from Hendon Hooker that you're so high on?
0: 37 starts, guys. Started at Virginia Tech, played the last few years at Tennessee. This season, guys, he led the nation in yards per attempt. So people say – oh, it's an offense where it's quarterback friendly or he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. It's actually just the opposite. He's getting the ball down the field. His character, guys, is impeccable. I'm going to tell you two quick stories. Number one, I'm at the Orange Bowl scouting the URC Tennessee players. He is in the huddle despite not being able to play, like helping that team get ready to go in pregame. Number two, I'm covering the Senior Bowl for ESPN. He is on the field in the huddle. There are players that pull themselves out of Senior Bowl practices I saw a tremendous football character. And my concern with Anthony Richardson is he's only started 13 games and he was 115th in the country in completion percentage. I think that will get better. But when you put the bodies of work, how they played football football in the fall, candidly, it really wasn't even close. Like Hendon Hooker was the much better player than Anthony Richardson. With that said, I still have Richardson going 11th.
4: Well, I, I would say this. when From the quarterback position, one of the things you want your quarterback to do is protect the football when you looked at a guy like Hendon Hooker, he only had two interceptions to 27 touchdowns passing the football. And he was mentioned in Heisman contention throughout the entire year until he tore his ACL and actually got hurt, right, towards the end of the year. So I, that that's understandable. When you have him going to the Seahawks, it's more so, you know, I won't say more so, but potentially he can, you know, be behind Geno Smith, rehab, have enough time to get ready, uh, and play the game at a high level uh, w- when he's ready to do so, right?
0: Yeah, actually, it sets up really well, guys. Like Geno Smith earned a contract extension. There are some outs of that contract year to year. So if I'm Seattle, this is perfect. Let Geno go play. Hopefully he'll play well. And at some point he can hand the baton to Hendon Hooker, and hopefully they're set for the next decade. So I really like how this sets up for Seattle.
1: Real quick before we let you go, you got Jalen Carter sliding to 18 with the Lions. How do you weigh what we've seen pro day versus his tape?
0: Well, Pro Day was a real concern, but more fundamentally, Jason, is there were two fatalities in a horrific incident. We're not talking about a victimless crime here. We're talking about two people dying. So we don't really know all the details yet. And I would just tell you, as a former GM, for me to turn in the card, look at my head coach and owner, I need to know with certainty what happened in that situation.
1: Uh, Mike, I don't say this lightly. I've, I've covered the draft for six years, I think, for ESPN, five years, somewhere in there. One of the coolest experiences I ever had was getting to hang out with you for that process because your knowledge is absolutely top-notch, especially for day three of the draft when, when we're all sort of lost on who's going – it was pretty eye opening to sit next to him. Mike will be featured on all three days of ESPN radio's draft
0: coverage, which is going to make it absolute can't miss. You do great work. I really appreciate it. Good to be with you guys. And I'm I'm just here for the free candle to be candid. Yeah. Well, you know oh, what? We're gonna Mike break, T, we're gonna bring in candles. You brought it up.
4: <laughs> Mike T, tell everyone what's the one candle that you love that's in your house
0: right now, the scent? Be- bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, I, uh, Mike, I, mean, I said the scent. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn. Uh, <laughs> any, any favorite scent, Mike? Yeah, uh, It depends on the time of the year, Harry. You know, I, like the versatility I have in my candle selection is kind of like ooh. you singing. So, like, it just, you know. Oh, uh, look okay, at this. Okay, uh, I
4: like this. You Keep know, my
0: ego, Mike. Can, Keep doing it. Can we cut this off and get some company
1: to start sending us candles for Mike when he comes on with this? <laughs> Mike, I know you got a busy day, man. Thanks for the insight.
0: I appreciate you. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Follow him on Twitter,
1: at RealTannenbaum, And, uh, again, check him out throughout our coverage all day. He will be featured on all three days of ESPN Radio's draft coverage. Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right. We have win totals in the NFL. We're going to break them down next. Is Vegas absolutely wrong on one team? We'll answer that. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Uh Uh-oh.
0: The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready? Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The
3: NFL draft is officially open.
0: It all begins with round one. Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
4: It's Fitz and
1: Harry. It all. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 8.
4: Let's get on.
1: He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz.
4: Let's get it on. By the
1: way, we were just talking about Tannenbaum, Hendon Hooker, his fourth quarterback off the board. If he was drafting, I'm just going to say this, Harry. I feel like Hendon Hooker is somebody that a team's going to reach up to get back into the first round, back half of the first round, to get him to get the extra year, especially coming off the ACL. I still think Hendon Hooker goes in the first round simply to get the extra year of the contract. So. Uh, even if you don't agree that Hendon Hooker's above no, no, no. Anthony Richardson, I still think he's going to end up being a first-round quarterback.
4: No, I agree he's going to be a first-rounder. Not only can he pass the football and did a great job doing it last year and leading that Tennessee team to, at some point, having uh, a number one ranking in college football – He did it with his legs as well. So I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but he's not going to be a statue back there at the quarterback position. He is a dual threat guy and can hurt you in a multiplicity of different ways on the football field.
1: Well, he's going to contribute to somebody's NFL win total at some point. And speaking of which, we've got some win totals. It's time to play some over, under. Devin, producer extraordinaire, going to come in, give us the team and the over, under, and then Harry and I will decide to go over, to go under. Devin, are you ready for this moment? Don't screw I'm it up. I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, man. I, you know oh. what? Uh, tell me again. You ready? Say it with I'm your chest. Say <laughs> with your chest. I'm ready. <laughs> okay.
2: All right. So these, uh, these over-unders are, are provided by Caesar Sportsbook. Oh, very well done. Let's start with a little NFC South. And it's not Ooh. the team that Harry played for. It's the Saints. Nine and a half over-under.
1: Under? I mean, nine and a half for the Saints? I'm shocked to see that number. That feels really high. Harry, what am I missing with New Orleans?
4: Well, you know, they got Derek Carr now. You have Chris Olave who went over 1,000 yards last year. You have Michael Thomas, who's going to be back. Alvin Kamara. Don't know, you know, if he's going to be suspended for some games or not yet. Still got to, you know, wait for the outcome of, uh, of that to come out. But I'm going to go under as well because they lost a lot of people defensively, right? They lost a defensive right. coordinator as well. And I understand Dennis Allen was, was in that role before becoming a head coach. But when you lose key people up front, especially in your defensive line, which was one of your strengths, that's concerning to me. So I'm going to go under. I'm
2: Get with you. the under.
1: Oh, look at that fancy. Look
2: at that. All right, next up, we got the Detroit Lions sitting at nine wins. Harry Ooh. over or under?
4: I'm going over. They got nine wins last year. They revamped their secondary. They have two first round draft picks. I don't know who they're gonna take there, but I'm pretty sure one of those picks is gonna be picks is gonna be someone on a defensive line, and then they can do whatever they want to do with the second one. Maybe two defensive players. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over with this one because they had nine wins last year, but I think their team is getting better as yeah. the days go by. Uh, take the over.
1: I I'm gonna take the over also, and I feel like the Lions are poised to be Much like the way we saw the Eagles, right? Like the Eagles did a nice job in free agency and then a great job with the draft. I feel like the Lions know their deficiency, and they're picking so high in the draft they're going to have the opportunity to address both. Uh, both picks, I think, could go defense, and it would be a strength for them. So I, I think the Lions have a real chance to not just not only win their division. I think the Lions can be a contender in the NFC. How do you like that? Take
2: the over. I like that a lot. All right, this next one seems like maybe we should wait a couple days, weeks until we figure out if a certain quarterback is going to play for them. The New York Jets currently sitting at nine and a half wins. Fits over under.
1: I'm going to take the over on this. I mean, they they managed to be in the conversation with hot garbage at the quarterback position. They get Aaron Rodgers, that's going to make them better. I still really believe in that defense. I, look, I, I think the Bills are the favorite in the division, but 10 wins feels about right, which is barely over for the Jets. So I'll, I'll take the over. Take the over.
4: How, how many wins did the Jets have last year? Was it eight or nine? Seven. Seven. It was, oh, it was seven. Seven. Um, I'm going to go ooh. So that means they will get ten wins. I'm banking on Aaron Rodgers being a quarterback, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over as well. Take the over.
1: Look at us. We're killing it. All right. All right,
2: moving on. My favorite team, the New York Giants, Harry. Eight and a half wins over under.
4: I'm gonna go over. Um I think what they did free agent wise being able to bring Daniel Jones back, Saquon Barkley, bringing over Darren Waller, adding to their defense at the linebacker position. I think they're going to really hit the draft as well this season, so I'm going to go over in those regards. Take the over.
1: Going under. They got lucky some last year. The point differential was pretty tight, as you well know, Devin. Uh, all they did was pay for mediocrity. Why are so. you staring
2: at me when you do this? I'm just <laughs> staring at you. <laughs> are you doing, doing this just because? What nope, do you actually nope, feel like?
1: No, I, I feel like they're going to go under. I, like they, under. They, they got – it was a lucky 9-7-1, so yeah. Uh. Okay. So what, what, what do you think, Devin? What do you think? I think they're going to go over. Sure. Me too. All right, we'll let's take move the on, the a yeah.
2: uh, team with a lower win total. The Raiders seven and
1: a half wins fits over under hammer. The under hammer, the under seven and a half wins. I mean, like the, to me, the Raiders are, are actually worse than they were a year ago. Uh, and I know they lost last year some games in freakish fashion, but I, the Raiders feel like a five, maybe six-win team to me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm I'm just ready for this, Harry. You can tell me I'm wrong, but seven and a half no, is no, a no, no, high no, no, number no. for the Raiders. are uh, no. 100% under.
4: right. I'm going under as in six feet under. I'm burying them, buddy. No, no, no. I'm sorry. So I'm no. going under. Bet the under.
2: Good decision, Harry. All right, moving on. The Titans currently sitting at seven and a half wins as well, Harry, over or under? I'm
4: going to go under. I'm going to go under because I think they're trying to, you know, shuffle some things around with this organization. And then we don't know quarterback-wise. I know Ryan, Tanne- Ryan Tannehill is there now, but you look at the draft in 2024, they might be in play for a Drake May, a Caleb Williams, guys like that. So I'm going to go under.
1: Yeah, I think the Titans yeah, could still have a mass exodus going into the draft. Like I think Derrick Henry and, and uh, Jeffrey Simmons are both guys that could end up getting traded. They're in full rebuild mode. All right, let's do one more here. The New England Patriots, seven and a half wins, fits over or under? I'm going to hammer the under on seven and a half wins. I don't believe that they have the quarterback that they need, and I believe that they are now in what looks like the toughest division in the AFC going into next year. I think the Bills are a better team, the Dolphins are a better team, and the Jets are a better team with Aaron Rodgers. So That's in the their own division, they're going to get hammered.
4: See, that that extra game really plays a part in this decision right here. Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna say they're gonna get they're gonna get seven wins. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. Under.
1: Yeah, I think seven feels about right. You know, like I and that extra game makes me nervous though. Well, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, but but realistically in my mind, for years they feasted on the East and it helped them win a bunch of games. Now they're about to be feasted upon for Ooh. the East, and they're gonna be the reason that all those other teams start picking up wins that it's just I think things are abysmal right now for the Patriots moving into next year never too early to stick a fork in them call them done let the fat ladies sing Uh, one quarterback has been linked to the Patriots that would actually change my mind about that we'll tell you about it next Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio in the ESPN app
0: you've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast you can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN radio and you can watch on the ESPN app